Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to The Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and The Kentucky Guy. Welcome to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I am Donnie Cage. Mr. Cage, Mr. Cage is in the house. How's it going, brother? I am in the house. I am in the arena. Elvis has not left the building just yet. I am ready Uh, to talk wrestling. A hunk, a hunk, a burn in love. A hunk, a hunk. Let me be your teddy bird. Yeah, I know Elvis. I know that guy. All right, <laughs> folks, if this, this is not an Elvis podcast, by the way, if this is your first time tuning in. Uh, <laughs> this is Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, where we talk about pro wrestling, past, present, and future. Uh, we do drop two episodes a week every Tuesday and Saturday. Sometimes we might be a little bit late because life happens, but that's how it is. Also, for you normal listeners, this Saturday's episode will be pushed till Sunday due to backlash. And also, uh, we will be on Wrestling FM radio podcast. So if you get a chance to tune in, uh, they basically invited us to or invited me to the show to uh, go over, discuss backlash and all the everything that I thought that happened, as well as promote our show. So I thought that was pretty cool. Those guys. Um, if this is your first time listening, we're on all major platforms, including Apple Apple iTunes. Google, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage co-hosts a podcast. Tell them about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, if you want to check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube, I co-host it along with Jigsaw Jester and Top Tier Rated. We talk a little bit about wrestling, but also uh, about movies, gaming, and lots of entertainment-related news, even a few... uh, Real life topics that everybody can relate to. So uh, uh, give it a a listen. It's a very entertaining podcast. Yes, and they get deep, but they'd also have fun. It's it's very cool. Uh, If you like political podcasts, current news, world events, interesting interviews, I do host the Red Pill Current News podcast. We do drop two episodes a week there. Uh, And I I started to say every Wednesday and Saturday, but we've kind of been off that schedule. But there is at least two episodes a week. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for or comments for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. And also in our description below is our merch link along with all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on everything. And uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. And let's get in to the show. All right, so we're going to start off with the raw results. 
Raw results that just happened on Monday. So let's talk about it. Here we go. All right. So we had Bronson Reed actually go against poor old Ricochet on one-on-one. Yeah, I don't know why you would take a guy out of a tag team, put him in his first singles match, and put him against this beast. Needless to say, Bronson Reed won. Zoe Stark from NXT, a newbie, rookie, actually defeated an old pro, has been on the roster a little while now, not forever, but a little while, and it seems like she was put on the main roster and brought back just to be walked all over. And she defeated Candice LeRae, who I'm speaking about. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and talk about the third one because they're all, they're all three kind of in the same boat. The third one was Alpha Academy took on the Viking Raiders and your winner, the Alpha Academy. What the heck is going on with Candice LeRae, Viking Raiders and Ricochet? They cannot seem to win a match. <sighs> I just don't understand. Bring these people back and just walk away from them. It disgusts me. Anyways, your thoughts on those three matches, sir? Yeah, um, I have to admit I was shocked by the outcome of the Alpha Academy Viking Raiders match because Alpha Academy's been on a losing streak for a while now, so I assumed this was an easy win for the Viking Raiders, but they just continue to be booked to lose. Um, If I were them, like I said, I know they can't go into any sort of official negotiations, but if they could maybe on the side put some feelers out to... Tony Khan, or maybe uh, to Impact Wrestling, or New Japan, or one of those promotions, I think they should, because WWE is completely wasting them right now. It's unfortunate, because they're a good tag team. Ring of Honor uh, would snatch those guys up quick. Ring of Honor oh, would. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Zoe Stark, doesn't surprise me that she went over Candice LeRae. I, like you, Kentucky guy, I'm completely bewildered as what's going on with Candice LeRae. Maybe because they're reforming the, 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 the stable the way on the main roster, maybe she'll start to pick up some wins in the near future. But, I mean, yeah, right now she's kind of just being used as a stepping stone for most of the female talent on Raw. Again, unfortunate. Um, and then Ricochet versus Bronson Reed. Again, Bronson Reed's an up-and-comer, so I'm not really shocked that he won the singles match, especially because, as you pointed out, Ricochet is primarily a tag team competitor right now. So, yeah, I don't see him picking up a lot of singles wins at this point in time. So, yeah, Bronson Reed winning this match was the right call, in my opinion. Yep, and uh, I uh, Zoe, I just don't like Zoe Stark, man. <laughs> I don't know why. I will say one thing about the Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders match. I think they let the Alpha Academy win... Because they're trying to work in how the girl from the modeling agency is kind of like becoming their manager. She's supposed to like hate part of the Alpha Academy and get Otis away. But I think they're switching gears there. And I think that's kind of the storyline. But why does it have to be the Viking Raiders? Why can't it be? Why can't they accidentally beat like a group that's not, you know, talented? You got plenty of them. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, We also had Finn Balor, the leader of... Judgment Day versus Shinsei Nakamura. Finn Balor won the match. What I think is interesting in this match, and we're going to talk about it before we move on, is before Damian Priest wanted this match, Finn Balor kind of stepped in his way in the interview backstage, said, I'm going to do it 
I'm going to take them. Then in another interview, he said, I'll leave a little piece of Nakamura for Damian Priest. Could that be the start of a storyline? Because I said it a few episodes ago that Damian Priest could be the leader of Judgment Day soon. Could that be the start of a storyline of them turning on Finn Balor for not knowing his role? Interesting question. Your thoughts on that match? It's funny you ended that that phrase with know your role. I was going to say, know your role, Finn Balor, and shut your mouth. Um, yeah, I said it before, I think, in a previous episode, that I they've definitely been planting the seeds for Damian Priest to become the leader of Judgment Day. Now, whether that actually ends with Finn Balor being expelled from the group or whether he just falls down the totem pole a little bit and Damian Priest becomes the, the leader, I don't know yet, but... Um, I mean, I can't really see how a Finn Balor, like, going up against Judgment Day solo could be that compelling, because didn't he sort of do that in the beginning when Judgment Day was formed last year with Edge as the leader? You put, him with, like, you put him with the OC, and you call him the club. Yeah, he could, but, you know, we'll wait and see how the story develops. Uh, lots, of, lots of directions they can go. Plus, um... Haven't we been talking about how Judgment Day's been hinting at a, a new member joining as well? That's one of the headlines today. Yep. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. Well, we'll get into that in that case. <laughs> or no, not Judgment Day. I'm sorry. Not ju- That's not the headline. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, they are talking about the Irish Ace joining them, and I think that would be amazing. Um, yeah, I almost uh, ruined a headline. Yeah, that's not the headline. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, Finn Balor did defeat uh, Shinsei Nakamura. I just, um, and by the way, him joining the OC, that can't happen because they're on, they're on uh, SmackDown. So I was, uh, jumped the gun there. Uh, we had Raquel Rodriguez who actually uh, gave up the women's tag team champion because her partner is, is injured, kind of seriously injured, we're finding out. And uh, her new tag team partner, we found out, is going to be... Uh, Motsi, is that her name? The green-haired girl? Shotzi. Shotzi, that's it. Shotzi. Uh, shows you how much I pay attention to that. Anyways, Raquel Rodriguez defeated another person put out there to lose, uh, Chelsea Green. Yep. One, two, three. Beat her. Then we had Dominic Mysterio, and he actually defeated another guy, which, let's put him on NXT, build him back up, and put him back on NXT, build him back up, and then bring him to the main roster and let him get beat uh, right off the bat. He defeated Apollo Crews. I'm not an Apollo Crews fan, but if you look at it, these guys standing next to each other or on paper, you would laugh at me if I told you that Dominic was going to win this match. <laughs> so, just saying. Your thoughts on those matches? Uh, again, not not shocked by the result of either of those matches. Now, now the thing is, Apollo Crews, I know, had a very... Um, successful career on the independent scene before he came to WWE way back in the day. It's been quite a few years now. Um, and I thought he was going to be a bigger deal, to be perfectly honest. And unfortunately, he's kind of he's kind of never really hit that, um, that full potential, in my opinion. I do think he's very athletic and is a good wrestler, but I, I kind of agree with you. Like, his personality just has never really, just never really worked uh, in WWE as either a face or a heel. They were trying to do that whole Nigerian um, tribal gimmick for a while, and that really never got over, to be perfectly honest. 
So Dominic Mysterio, who we know is like one of the most over heels in WWE right now, it, it only makes sense for him to pick up the win here. Um, not a lot to say about the women's match, except for I expected Raquel to win this match, and she won this match. And I feel bad for Chelsea Green because she's a great talent, and she also is just putting people over. Yep, I mean, that's that's literally the only reason why she's there, it seems. I mean, honestly, if she's just going to lose matches, you're better off just making her a manager for somebody so that at least she could showcase her personality. If she's just going to lose matches, then why, why is she wrestling? Why did they bring her back? I know she called Triple H and asked for her job back, but why do it if you don't have anything for her at that time? I just, yeah, I don't understand. And then we had, uh, let's see, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle uh, versus Imperium. And, uh, yeah, Imperium actually lost this match. The ring general did not get pinned, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't, they, Imperium, well, I don't know, not really. Not really, because Imperium doesn't have a big match at Night of Champions, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, too. So it does make sense them going over. By the way, something funny, the promo segment, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were on the mic, and they wanted to let, <laughs> you talk about a slap in the face to Roman Reigns and the Usos, they wanted, they dedicated their victory at Night of Champions to the greatest tag team of all time, the backbone and cornerstone of the bloodline, Jimmy and Jey Uso. <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was great. And then, uh, and then I want to, uh, at the beginning of Raw, at the very, to kick off Monday Night Raw, a brutal attack on Cody Rhodes is what we saw. Cody was smiling, walking around in the backstage area when he was attacked by Brock Lesnar. Cody's hand was apparently seriously injured for the storyline when Lesnar picked up a beer, uh, big beer barrel and tossed it and hit his hand and wrist. As they panned away from the segment, Paul Heyman was in the ring to hype up what the Bloodlines will do at Night of Champions. And Heyman made a point to say that he had nothing to do with what Lesnar did to Cody. Now, I don't understand why the need to say that. Uh, I, I don't get it. I, I do not understand the need for Paul Heyman to say that unless they're planning something. You know, it's some of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense now because Brock Lesnar is coming out to get to take Cody and tag partners with them against Roman Reigns and Solo, then turned on them right at the beginning of the match, destroyed them, and then Paul Heyman makes that statement. I I, I don't get it. But then the final segment, and I wanted to, because uh, it goes right along with it, was Triple H trying to convince Cody Rhodes to get medal attention. Rhodes snapped at Triple H when Triple H suggested Rhodes was afraid. That he had a broken arm. Rhodes then assisted he was going to Night of Champions to fight Brock Lesnar. Similar to what Triple H would have done in the same position. Uh, they have not canceled that match. I I, uh, I was kind of fearful they would. But that match is still on. I don't understand. I guess the storyline. They can't let Brock Lesnar lose another match at a pay-per-view. Especially in Saudi Arabia. So maybe he's going to take advantage of the risk. And, and so Cody doesn't look weak and losing the match. That's the only thing I can figure that's, that could come out in that storyline. Your thoughts, sir? Well, the whole idea going into this match is because 
Lesnar felt that Cody's victory at um, Backlash was a fluke. He wants to have a physical and psychological advantage over Cody. So if Cody basically goes, basically goes into the match with one good arm, that's going to give Lesnar a big advantage from the very beginning. Um, it's also going to build sympathy for Cody from the audience because they're going to be cheering for him to overcome the odds, similar to when he had the torn peck last year in his match with Seth Rollins. Um, so, we're, so we'll see what happens. Um, could go either way. We'll get into predictions, I know, for Night of Champions shortly, but uh, it's going to be interesting. For, for as, as far as the Paul Heyman thing, I mean, I guess the whole idea is they're trying to say that he has a lot of history with Lesnar, and despite the fact that he turned his back on uh, on Lesnar, there's still always that possibility that the two of them could reunite. I, I you know I, I don't know there. I mean, they're just they they want to get people talking. That's that's what they want to do. And uh, any uh, any comments on the uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and uh, Imperium match? Uh, good good match. Um, I think it was good for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to pick up. The victory going into Night of Champions. Once again, still uh, still not sure where how they're going to go. We'll make my official prediction shortly, but still not sure what direction they're going to go there. I'm glad um, Gunther did not take the pinfall in this match. He needs to look strong going into his title defense. Um, Riddle was just Riddle was just kind of there right now. He's just he's just an extra body that they keep pairing up with. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and it's unfortunate because he was, uh, prior to going out to his stint in rehab, he was he was on a roll, and unfortunately now he's just, he's just kind of there. He's a third wheel sideshow. Okay, so uh, that is all of Monday Night Raw. So now let's move into our next segment, our headlines. Time for today's wrestling headlines in this episode, wrestling news and rumors around the water cooler segment. And Mr. Cage, you got the first two, sir. All right. WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana is returning to the ring. Tito Santana stepping back into the ring this Saturday for ISPW as a special guest referee in Woodland Park, New Jersey. So WWE Hall of Famer Tito, Tito Santana will be the special guest referee for the ISPW heavyweight title match between champion Bull James, who is going to be with former WWE Tough Enough champion Maven, and Rick Recon, who will be accompanied by busted open radio host Dave LaGreca. I've, other than Bull James and Tito Santana and Maven, I have no idea who these people are. Um, Swaggle, who formerly wrestled as Hornswoggle, will highlight the Memorial Day weekend card as the special guest GM for the night. Oh, you mean they're not going to use a laptop? With uh, the action beginning at 6 p.m. In another card highlight, this is a highlight, former WWE stars collide when Snitsky goes one-on-one -on -one with Afa Jr., also, Crowbar has issued an open challenge to anyone to take him on this Saturday at Garrett Mountain. Who will accept the Crowbar Memorial Day weekend open challenge this Saturday? I'm going to guess it's going to be Feed Me More. Feed Me More. Is he there? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just joking around. Um, other matches uh, at, at this event include Vicious Vicky going up against Adina Steele. 
The Now defending their tag team titles against Silk City Kings. The Phoenix GKM defending the Tri-State title in a fatal four-way against Ray Kalitri, Joey, Joey Ace, not Johnny Ace, and TJ Epics. And also Justin Carino will take on Joe Clean. All right. Sounds like an exciting night of wrestling. <laughs> um, I didn't so mean to interrupt, sorry. Go ahead. No, so Tito Santana, I mean, yeah, he's a legend. So, I mean, obviously having him make an appearance is going to be great for people who are attending this show in Woodland Park. You know, Maven will be there. Obviously, he had a lot of memorable moments on WWE television. And Bull James, I do remember him from NXT back when they were still over at Full Sail University. Well, to be, I'm an Indies guy, and I, and I love indie wrestling. But I've never watched that promotion and I don't know, like, it sounds like a bunch of washed up and some very, very, very new uh, athletes a part of the card. So probably not something I'm going to watch. I mean, good for Tito that he's still staying in shape and able to referee and what have you. But this doesn't, nothing on there excited me whatsoever. I've never heard of that promotion, so I've never watched them film. Yeah. I don't, don't really have a, an opinion about them. So, yeah, next headline. Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, injury at resurgence, changed New Japan Pro Wrestling's championship plans. Mercedes Monet suffered an injury in the main event of New Japan Pro Wrestling resurgence on Sunday while wrestling Willow Nightingale to crown the first ever NJPW Strong Women's Champion. Willow ended up going over in the contest, which that, that headline shocked me when I read it. The injury happened when Mercedes Monet went for a code red off the top rope and slipped. PW Insider reported the word making the rounds was that she suffered a broken ankle. And there's a lot of back and forth here between Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, but basically <coughs> Dave Meltzer said he can't say 100%, but when he was told about it, which was before it happened, he was told that uh, she was winning the tournament, Mercedes Monet. And I mean... You could tell the referee was just all freaked out. And, well, you know, the referee was freaked out. So, I mean, this just goes to show you when unexpected injuries or mishaps occur, you just kind of have to make a decision on the fly. And, uh, I mean, this is obviously a huge moment for Willow Nightingale to pick up a victory over a big star like Mercedes Monet and to become the first NGPW Strong Women's Champion. Huge accomplishment. Um Depending on the severity of the injury, whether it was a clean break or what it was, who knows how much ring time Mercedes Monet is going to miss now. It's really unfortunate. And by the way, those of you that don't watch New Japan Wrestling, uh, Mercedes Monet is Sasha Banks, who was previously on WWE. And uh, yeah, Willow, <laughs> Willow Nightingale, uh, she's your, hey, you know, like you said, things happen and uh, you got to be ready to roll. One of the best I've seen so far, Snoop Dogg at WrestleMania when Shane blew out his ACL. That that the way he stepped in there and, and, and played that role was amazing. So none of that was scripted, by the way. If you guys ever watched that match <laughs> that Snoop Dogg was Snoop Dogg was involved in, that at the end after Shane got hurt, none of that was scripted. That was all just right off the top. Shows you what an amazing actor he is. All right, so let's see. Uh, let me run with the headline, and then we'll do our predictions for Night of Champions. 
Uh, let's see here. Seth Rollins will make WWE history when he wrestles at Night of Champions. Seth Rollins is one of the most decorated WWE stars in the modern era after making a name for himself as Tyler Black in Ring of Honor, being the first ever WWE NXT champion and having a legendary run as a member of the Shield with John Moxley and Roman Reigns before splitting off to start his run as a top single star by aligning with authority. Throughout his time in WWE, he's held the NXT World Heavyweight title, Universal, Intercontinental, Frog Tag Team, and the United States Championships. Uh, all totaled, Rollins has won 15 championships in the WWE, in addition to winning the 2014 Money in the Bank ladder match, 2019 Royal Rumble. Rollins' next match will be against AJ Styles in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament Finals at Night of Champions this Saturday in Saudi Arabia. As previously reported, Rollins is the number one guy for Triple H, but if Rollins doesn't win the match, it will be because they are telling a, a longer story. He's currently a heavy favorite to win the title. Rollins will make history at the event as he will become the first person in history to compete and to compete in three inaugural champion matches. 2012 NXT Championship, inaugural match, 2016 Universal Championship, and, oh, I forgot about that, him and Ben Balor, yeah, and 2023 World Heavyweight Championship match. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, you know, we know that uh, Seth Rollins is, uh, he's, he's just amazing. He's the best in the game right now. I, I know I say that a lot, but it is what it is. Uh, if he loses that match, he's my pick, by the way. I, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, if he loses that match, it will tick me off <laughs> majorly because he's put enough people over and he's been on enough of a hot run right now. He's a heel, baby face, all in one. It doesn't matter what he is. They still sing his entrance song. And they still cheer for him. He can be whatever you want to call him. Babyface or heel. It doesn't matter. They're still going to cheer. And that is because he makes you care about his matches. Which in turn makes him not just a star. But a superstar in the wrestling game. Your thoughts are on that headline. Yeah I mean Seth has been one of the breakout stars of WWE. For the last like 8 to 10 years. To be perfectly honest. I mean he's carved out quite a legacy for himself already. And... I agree with you, Kentucky guy. I mean, no disrespect to his opponent, but Seth has definitely earned um, earned this, and I really hope that uh, I really hope they do pull the trigger on him winning the world heavyweight title at a uh, Night of Champions. And you know, we'll get in very shortly. We'll get into our official predictions, but actually, you he definitely can, deserves it. I'm sorry. Actually, you can go ahead and give your prediction on that match because that's the first one on the card. I, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and predict Seth Rollins. I know we've been hearing all the stories about, <clears throat> excuse me, that he's, uh, you know, filming a movie and he's going to miss some some time on television. Well, well, that's nothing new. We're, we're used to world champions showing up a couple of times per month and maybe defending the belt a, a few times a year at most. Uh, and not saying that's going to happen to Seth Rollins, but I'm sure WWE will work with him so that he could still be on television and defend that title when he needs to. And, but, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. I mean, AJ Styles, amazing worker, amazing worker has, has had an incredible career everywhere he's gone. It, it's not that it would upset me to see AJ be a world champ, but in this particular case, I, I want to see Seth go over. And remember one thing, what Triple H said about this new title, 
it can it'll be defended in other countries and other promotions. So it's not saying even if he is in the uh, Marvel's uh, Captain America movie, that's fine. But he can still defend that title like in other places. So there's really no reason not to let him have it. Uh, and oh, I know I was going to say unless they're going to let him be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns, but. No, he's on. He's on Raw. He's on Raw. Roman's on SmackDown. Let's just get put a title around him now. Uh, next match on the card. So I picked Seth Rollins. Also, I, I think I made that kind of clear, but just to put it officially, I do pick him. Also, uh, undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match: Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sequoia. And I'm going to shock you guys. I am. I am going to because I'm tired of always losing these just because I pick people that I like. <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually pick Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to go over in this match. I think that uh, one month I don't think the honeymoon's over yet on them being champions. Your, your prediction, sir? I think there's going to be a lot of shenanigans in this match. I don't think we're going to get a clean victory from either side. But I agree with you, Kentucky guy. I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to win this match, and I and and another. This is a very bold prediction I'm going to make here. I'm actually going to predict that the Tribal Chief is going to take the pinfall loss in this match. I could be wrong, wow. and I will. And if I'm wrong, then that's fine. But because he's not defending the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, I could see him taking the pinfall loss here. Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to say that at all. Wow. No, I will say this. I'm going to make, okay, so you make that prediction. My prediction is somehow the Usos get involved and either by accident or on purpose, they cost Roman Reigns and Solo the match somehow, either by accident or maybe even on purpose. That makes sense in the storyline right now. And then we have a singles match, Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, already mentioned it earlier. My pick's Brock Lesnar. I don't think that uh, they're going to bring him to Saudi Arabia to lose or have him lose at another pay-per-view. Uh, I just can't see it happening. So, uh, Brock Lesnar's my choice. What say you? Uh, my, well, my biggest hope for this match is I want it to be a more dramatic matchup. Uh, tell a better, I want it to tell a better story than their match at Backlash, which, you know, the match was fine, but didn't didn't really live up to a lot of people's expectations. So I, I a very at the very least I want a really high quality match out of both guys this time around. I'm I'm gonna agree with you, Kentucky guy. I could totally see them having Cody Cody go over here, but I think the right thing to do would be to book Brock Lesnar to win this match. So I'm gonna go Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and uh, here's the thing: I don't uh, Brock destroyed Cody at that last match. Destroyed him so. I don't see how they're, especially what they're going with the storyline now that Cody's has got a broken wrist or what have you. How they, how can, how this match can be any better, technically? But uh, I think it's just going to be another beatdown. I really do. SmackDown Women's Championship match on the line: Rhea Ripley versus Natalia. So let me say something. First of all, of course my pick is Rhea Ripley. Of course it is. WWE and creative. They care so little about this that they decided not to even have a feud. 
Like, there's not really been any type of buildup. I mean, Natalie just popped up, and Rhea said, like, uh, the equivalent of uh, something like, oh, I guess I'll kick your butt two or three times. That's the best we can do? Come on, Triple H. WWE hasn't addressed how the wrong titles are on the wrong brands either, by the way. She's a SmackDown champion, but she's still on Raw. Yeah, uh, let's do something about that, guys, and fix it. Uh, your prediction, sir. I, I mean, is there even any question? Rhea Ripley. Ma- Mammy is going to win this match. Am I wrong about the feud? Or No, I, I agree 100%, Kentucky guy. I mean, Rhea deserves better. She deserves a better story around her championship reign, and they're and they just they just have random people pop up right now. I mean, they might as well just have her do an open challenge at uh, at every pay per view at this point because there's no storyline build up to any of these matches. And and speaking of no storyline, the Raw's women's champion is on the line as well, Bianca Belair versus Oscar. I'm actually going to pick Oscar because I can't stand Ponytail Girl. But again, but again, she. She has the, you know, she's on SmackDown, but she's defending the Raw's title. And why am I supposed to even worry or care about a Belair and Asuka match from WrestleMania when they have done absolutely, Asuka actually disappeared till here lately. They've done absolutely nothing to build up uh, this, this fight, this feud. No follow-up. And... They, they waited, like, what, a few weeks and finally had Oscar uh, show up on TV finally again. And the only thing she does is spit mist in her face, Bianca's face. Who cares about this match? They, they don't... It's just like the previous match we talked about. Nothing, no build-up, no nothing. It's garbage. Your prediction, sir. And that's exactly why I have to disagree with you, Kentucky guy, because there's been no proper build-up or story it's just, let's put these two together again. I don't see the EST dropping the belt here in Saudi Arabia. It's going to happen in the next couple of months, but it's just not going to happen here. So I pick Bianca Belair. Yeah, I mean, I'll never pick Bianca Belair. <laughs> so <laughs> you're probably right, as bad as I hate to say it, but I'm sticking with Oscar just because I cannot stand uh, that girl slapping her butt. All right, singles match, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. I'm picking the man. I uh, don't know why this match is having Saudi Arabia. Uh, I could care less about this match, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it. Your prediction? Oh, boy, this is this is going to get some, uh, this is going to get some uh, <laughs> hate, probably. Um, the smart money is on Becky Lynch, and I do think she's the one who should win this match. But something tells me in my gut that WWE wants to drag this story out just a little bit longer. So I'm predicting that by some means, and it's probably going to involve uh, cheating in some way, Trish Stratus is going to end up winning this match just because they want to get more out of this feud. Not saying they should, but I could easily see it happening. So I'm actually going to have to predict that Trish Stratus is going to win this match. She's so old though, man. Like in her face, like it, it, her age really showed on television. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. It'd be interesting. And then we have uh, the last match on the card. By the way, these are in no official order. 
the last match we have wrote down here is the Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther versus Mustafa Ali. Boy, this one here's a nail biter. I don't have under, I don't know who to pick. Oh, I'm in so much shock. Who? Yeah, uh, Gunther's going to win this hands down. He's going to beat this little boy to death. Uh, your choice, sir. Oh, well, I can definitely predict this is going to be the shortest match on the card. And I am 100% predicting that the ring general is going to go over and retain his Intercontinental title. So I pick Gunther. Yeah, I... Uh, Gunther, if I was Gunther... If I was him, the athlete he is, and the title reign I've had, I would kind of be upset going into this pay-per-view against a talent of Mustafa Ali. Actually, I know I would be. So he's a bigger man than I am. He, he's, you know, he's got a, uh, I know he loves the sport and what have you. And, uh, I mean, he's a future world champion. I mean, we might as well face it. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get on here. So that is all, folks. And don't forget, Night of Champions is this Saturday. It starts in the afternoon because it's in Saudi Arabia, 12 o'clock Eastern time. So be sure to uh, tune in for that. Don't be like I was the first time they had one in Saudi Arabia, and I waited till 8 o'clock that night and had to watch a rerun. <laughs> so, but uh, all right, sir, let's, uh, let's go ahead and ha have you do one more headline, and I'll do one. Uh, I've got an interesting one that I almost blew earlier talking about Judgment Day. So, <laughs> go ahead. Well, well, this is a big headline. CM Punk is good to go for AEW Collision. Crap. I know. Sean, wah, 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 wah. Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful Select reported on Tuesday that discussions between CM Punk and AEW have been productive and people close to him believe that he will be at the first Collision show on June 17th. At the time of this headline, they think that. But by the time we have our next episode, that might change completely. Um, this was also backed up in a post on F4W board by Ryan Frederick. I can't speak for Brian because I don't know what info he's been given, and there's definitely been a lot of different info being passed around with this whole thing. I can only say that based on what I was told, at midnight... Punk is good to go for collision that he signed an NDA pertaining to the brawl out, which was described as necessary for him to return, but also a difficult negotiation. But he knew he had to do it, and there's a lot of people he doesn't want to let down. And a couple of other legal documents that were also necessary for him to return that protects AEW in case of another bad situation. Uh, update from Brian Alvarez. It appears everything is clear for liftoff tonight. As for Dave Meltzer reporting about Daly's place being a backup location if they moved Collision out of Chicago, Fightful confirmed that while Daly's place was not specifically mentioned to them, there were backup locations discussed. Obviously, with Punk back in the fold, they can move forward with plans to do the show at Chicago's United Center. Tonight on Dynamite, Tony Khan is expected to announce the location for the first Collision show. I mean, look, we've been hearing this Rumor for the last couple of months. Ad nauseum, as they say. I'm kind of sick and tired of it. It's almost like, let's just get to the first collision show and be done with it. Um, so we can get back to business. But it, but once again, it's... In, well, now now basically they're saying that everything's been, writ been written up. AEW and Punk are on the same page and they're moving forward. So, yeah. For all you CM Punk fans out there, congratulations, you got your wish. 
for the rest of us, let, let's just see how long before he causes another incident backstage. Your thoughts, Kentucky guy? Uh, I'm on the same page with you. Um, I think it, this is an important headline because last episode, it was all about how he wasn't, Warner Brothers said he wasn't going to be a part of Collision, and they had the fallout over Steel working remotely, which was still, by the way, by the way, I got an interesting email Sunday, and there is still tension between Tony Khan and staff, a lot of staff, uh, because he hired uh, Still without telling anyone and had him working remotely. And when I say not telling anybody, I'm not talking about superstars. I'm talking about his staff did not know. 90% of them is what it was put to me did not know that he hired this guy back. And there is a, let's put it this way, there's some trust issues going on, and there's some friction there. We may not see it on television, but I promise you, I promise you, there's some friction there. Even my guys who have been there, one of them's been there since the start. Uh, ooh, man. Uh, yeah, not happy at all. So, uh, and, and once again, it all goes back to what? CM Punk, so. Speaking of AEW, I've got a headline here. The com the Blackpool Combat Club group's newest member question mark. So the Blackpool Combat Club currently boasts some of the finest performers professional wrestling has to offer, but they have already revealed the but have they sorry have they already revealed the group's newest member? Back in 2019, when John Moxley debuted for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He took young Shota uh, Umino under his wing with the idea of turning him into the next big thing. Since then, Shota has become one of the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's finest young athletes while still keeping Mox in mind by carrying around his jacket and using the Death Rider as his finishing move. At a recent New Japan Pro Wrestling event, Resurgence, by the way, which was great, if you have a chance to go watch it, uh, replay was great. Uh, Shada joined Moxley and Willer Yuta. Yep, that was true. And they faced uh, Okada, Hiroshi Tamahashi, and Rocky Marumiro. After the match ended, uh, Umino posted an interesting message to his Instagram story. Quote, Yeah, Shooter at this point got to get initiated into the Blackpool Combat Club as an outsider foreign member. Makes too much sense do not do it. Mox, Shuda, or Shuda, yeah, and Yuda won the match, and with Okada and Tamahashi being two thirds of the never open weight six man tag team champions, along with uh, Kashiri, perhaps a title shot could be in order for the Blackpool Combat Club. Interesting. While nothing's been confirmed regarding Shada Uman joining the Blackpool Cl Combat Club, he would undoubtedly come in handy as the group is set to participate in one of the most violent matches AEW has to offer. The BCC will face the Elite, who now have Hangman Page back by their side in the second-ever Anarchy in the Arena match at Double or Nothing on May 28th in Las Vegas. John Moxley and Brian Danielson were both involved in the first Anarchy in the Arena match last year at Double or Nothing, where they were joined by Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortez, as they came up short against Jericho Appreciation Society. 
I'm looking forward to that match at Double or Nothing. And uh, yeah, I say bring this guy is awesome. He's a high flyer with kind of a rough edge to him as well. And uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I can't see him being the hill that the Blackpool. But you know, whatever he's he'll be coming to a new organization, so you you know you got to change it up sometimes. Uh, yeah, I'm all about it. Let's do it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it'd be a great opportunity for him to be exposed to a brand new audience in in the U.S. For those who don't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, and uh, especially if he gets involved in the Anarchy in the Arena match, that would be interesting as well. Um, the only thing I worry about with that match, correct me if I'm wrong, Kentucky guy, but I think in the last match, that was where Brian Danielson actually suffered his concussion. Am I, is my memory wrong? Absolutely. Or isn't that what happened? Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got to hope that if you're Brian Danielson going into the match, that you'll do a few things that are a little less risky, as crazy as it sounds, uh, so that you don't risk that type of injury again because that, that kept him out for quite a few months as i recall and he also has a long storied history with concussions and because they are not to be joked about at all yeah uh okay so i've got a couple um just quick notes i wanted to mention real quick before we end the schedule or this episode uh let's see uh, while speaking at the J.P. Morgan Global Teleconference on Tuesday, uh, WWE CEO Nick Khan noted that they do not that the company does not expect Raw to go away from the three-hour format, but they are in discussions about what to do with it, including having more adult content. And also, he mentioned he was he talked about a wide range of WWE topics including the company being opened and considering a third hour of Friday Night SmackDown. Quote, we added a third hour to Monday Night Raw in 2012 after getting more money from USA Network and has kept it despite the fan criticism that it waters down the product and makes the show too long. However, this could happen and we've been discussing it and we are open to doing this as well on Fox or NBC, Universal uh, for Friday Night SmackDown. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I don't mind the third hour. I really don't. Uh, you have enough superstars to do it on SmackDown now with the recent draft, so go for it. I'd much rather have too much wrestling and then have a rampage and can't fit all my superstars in in an hour and try to book the show, show horribly. Your thoughts? I think there's two schools of thought. I think definitely if you expanded SmackDown to three hours, you could showcase more of your talent. There's no question about it. You could do a little bit more storytelling and not have to condense everything. But I do worry sometimes because I, as I've watched Raw over the years, there's also there's also been a lot of filler on the show. Um, as, we, as we've talked about when we've done Raw recaps. So... I don't know. I'm a little undecided on whether they should add that extra hour to SmackDown. Maybe you could make the argument that Smack because SmackDown's the stronger show, it wouldn't actually hurt it. It would it would help it in the long run. Um, but Raw, I think, for the most part, has been the weaker show for quite a while now. 
And, uh, you know, they, I do think that they really are stretching it when they, with that 3L format sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Uh, and then, uh, let's see here. One other quick note. Uh, Liv Morgan uh, has a shoulder injury. Uh, we know that. And it looks like it's more serious than what everybody thought. And she actually may have to have surgery. Also, also... Dakota Kai is set to go under surgery for a torn ACL. Man, she just got back and she tore her ACL uh, in the same bout that uh, Morgan got hurt in. Ain't that something? But anyways, uh, I wanted to make sure you guys didn't leave here without knowing that. Your thoughts on the two injuries, sir? Bad break for both of them. Um, especially Dakota Kai, and it actually kind of makes you wonder if she misses a, uh, you know, well, with a torn ACL, she's going to be out for quite a few months. So it kind of makes me wonder, are they going to replace her in damage control? Is damage control going to break up as a faction? What's going to happen in her absence? Because you would be down to just Bailey and, and EO Sky without her. Um, Liv Morgan, I've also been reading rumors that when she comes back, from her injury, they might revamp her character completely. Um, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Every now and then you need to change it up. So I'm not so much upset about her character going in a different direction. But yeah, it's a tough break for both for both women. No question about it. Yeah, and uh, you might as well break damage control up because they haven't done jack with Bailey. They really haven't. You talk about a superstar being underutilized. That's Bailey right now. In my opinion. Anyway, sir, that's all I have for this episode. What say you? That is it for me, Kentucky guy. All right. All right. So you have our predictions, folks, for uh, Night of Champions. It's going to be an interesting show, I think. It could be. I'm not saying it's going to be great. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I am saying, though, it could be interesting. There's a lot of storylines that could pop off during this show and yeah, let's, needless to say, I'm going to be watching very closely. All right, folks, you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your co-host, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, folks, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to listen to other episodes as well. And God bless. And God bless America. Thank you all.